Good afternoon and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll talk about the flooding in BC and how that's impacting the trucking industry. Also, we'll have details from Roquette's grand opening held yesterday virtually. And up first in today's country comment, we'll chat about the MFGA Wall of Fame, which was announced earlier this week. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association held its regenerative egg conference this week in Brandon. I caught up with Executive Director Duncan Morrison. Oh, I think they went outstanding. Like, uh, we did a really um, um, kind of unique thing. We had a, a, com- a combination of in-person with, uh, you know, everyone um, to provincial health standards and, and restrictions. And we had a... Um, people in person and we also had uh, uh, an audience online so we did a hybrid conference which uh, is essentially you're delivering two conferences live and virtual so uh, lots of challenges but are we ever pleased with the uh, results it's been awesome what was attendance like i guess in person and virtually in person we were around one uh, at at our peak time we were at about 140 and um online we had uh, different uh, we had different um crowds at different times but i think our highest was over around 110 but i think we had about 170 registered wanted to talk a little bit about the uh mfga uh the wall of fame can you tell us a little bit about that yeah for sure i mean mfga has been around for 30 years and we do a good job of living in the moment and uh certainly uh doing a lot of good work out there and uh you know our producers are our rock stars they're all uh they're all uh, very engaged and they're very uh, committed to MFGA and what they're doing. And, uh, and so we were kind of sitting back going, you know, we're really good at, uh, we're really good in the moment, but maybe we should be doing a little bit of uh, acknowledging of our past because that tells a story too. It tells our history and uh, we're not, we didn't just start last year. We actually have 30 years. So we wanted to make sure that we were kind of tipping our hat to the, uh, to the board members and, and, and staff that came before. And tell us about the uh, the five inductees uh, first time around here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, our board is made up of uh, of producers of government agency of government agencies, um, conservation groups, and and of course uh, other agriculture commodity groups. Um, so we, you know, our first raft kind of reflects that uh, that diversity of uh, of different uh, different groups. So. Um, we have, uh, you know, we had uh, two producers go in, uh, Ryan Boyd, who's, you know, just termed off our board um, and who has been absolutely in- instrumental in a great conference. He's our committee conference chair. Um, he termed off. Um, and then we also acknowledge Dave Kozlowski uh, from Killarney for some of the leadership that he did uh, as MFGA chair. Um, on the government side of it, we had Fraser Stewart. Fraser Stewart is often thought of as the, uh, as, as, Probably the reason there is an MFGA, um, Fraser came from Manitoba Agriculture and is in the Manitoba Agriculture Hall of Fame, and uh, just a really, uh, a really good uh, visionary person. So it was nice to uh, to be able to acknowledge him. And also from the government ranks was Pam Iwanchishko, who termed off our board um, recently, and uh, it was very instrumental in some of the beef and forage we. And then finally. Um, Ken Gross from Ducks Unlimited Canada, and of course DU working with farmers is something that uh, they are very proud of, and uh, also with uh, producers. I mean, with uh, some of the wetland and grassland work, and 
the forage programs and the winter wheat that Ken uh, was able to bring into uh, some of the um, MFGA, or at that time Manitoba Forage Council, um, was just something that we, we thought was well worth uh, acknowledging. So the five of them together make a real hand, uh, a handful, if you will, of really solid MFGA service. That was Duncan Morrison. He's the executive director for the Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon. I'm Corey Canute. Roquette's grand opening took place yesterday virtually. The event started with Prime Minister Justin Trudeau congratulating Roquette on the construction of the Portage Pea Protein Facility. Thank Roquette for choosing Canada to develop its industry and to build the largest pea protein plant in the world right here in Manitoba. Here's Managing Director for Roquette Canada, Dominique Bowman. It's also a great opportunity for Manitoba. I think Manitoba can be the Silicon Valley of uh, plant-based protein because we, we are here close to the farmers. Bowman explained that the current plant is using 60 acres out of the 200 that they have available here and will be expanding for future production. He adds their goal of hiring 120 employees is almost reached. The Manitoba Crop Alliance has committed $100,000 to the Collaboration Zone within Assiniboine Community College's Prairie Innovation Centre for Sustainable Agriculture. Derek Turner is Director of Advancement and External Relations with ACC. The $100,000 sponsorship that they've committed to us, uh, it allows us to put in that Collaboration Zone, so it allows people like the Crop Alliance, people to come on site, have meetings, uh, utilize the facilities, so there's a large meeting gathering space going to help construct that but it also in turn allows them to use that space in the years ahead. United Auto Workers Union has informed John Deere that its production and maintenance employees have voted to ratify new six-year collective bargaining agreements that cover more than 10,000 workers at 14 facilities across the United States. Workers at facilities in Illinois, Iowa and Kansas have been on strike since the middle of October. And yesterday, Minister of Agriculture and Agri-Food Marie-Claude Bebo announced an investment of more than $4.3 million to support Canada's Pulse and Special Crops farmers. An investment of more than $2.3 million will, will enable Pulse Canada to continue to develop its 25 by 25 strategy to have 25% of Pulse production in new markets by the year 2025. In addition, close to $1.5 million in funding will enhance the Egg Transport Coalition Railway Performance Measurement Program. A further 429000 will help Pulse Canada assess and resolve barriers to international trade. And the Canadian Special Crops Association is also receiving close to $128,000. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Thursday, November 18th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll talk about the impact of the BC flooding on the trucking industry. Trucking companies across the prairies are dealing with the flooding in BC. Golden West Kenton Dick caught up with Tim Plett. He's the owner of Plett Trucking. With the road closures happening the way that they are, with uh, Highway 1 being washed out, uh, the Coquihalla being washed out, uh, with numerous landslides up and down the Fraser Valley, uh, number one being flooded in numerous locations, everything has come to a standstill. We have trucks on either side um, loaded with food product, trying to get to the distribution centers, and right now they're thankfully that they are sitting safe uh, on either side. They are not in harm's way, and that is, of course, our first and utmost. That's that's our focus, uh, to keep our people safe. But 
our second is to try to deliver our product to our customers. And at this point, um, we're sitting and waiting. Is it is it a, is it a time game? I know you had mentioned food. Are you are you worried about product going bad on you? There's always that concern because that food has a shelf life. Uh, we transport eggs and egg product is chiefly what we do, and with doing that, I mean, our ours isn't quite as time sensitive as say produce, but it is time sensitive nonetheless. If you've seen pictures of uh, stores in Kelowna and other places where you know produce shelves are empty, M- mostly the produce shelves would be empty in Kelowna because uh, produce can't get there. Produce gets into Vancouver because it comes out of the south, and that hasn't been affected. Uh, up and down the coast, traffic is still moving. It's just east-west is is blocked off. It sure. just doesn't work. So you've got a couple of trucks on in the Chilliwack area, or a truck in the Chilliwack area, and then a couple on the other side as well? And I've got about a half a dozen on the other side wanting to go into Vancouver to deliver product. And right now, we're it's a waiting game. Yeah. And that's as tough as anything. We're we're sitting here nice and dry. We have drivers at the, out there that are uh, not. I mean, yeah. they're sitting safe and dry. They are, but they're not at home. They're they've been gone for a while, and right now, it doesn't look like they're going to be going further west anytime soon. You don't have any, you haven't, I mean, I'm assuming that you guys are following news and then also in contact with uh, various authorities. No idea when things are going to be able to open up enough to get guys through? Our best guess right now from the research we've done and people we've talked to is maybe Monday or Tuesday at the earliest, depending on uh, what happens. Mother Nature is unpredictable. Uh, It's rained a tremendous amount. It's also at the higher elevations, that rain has been snow. And with the warm temperatures, that continues to melt and come down. Uh, it depends on when that's going to, I was going to say stop, but it won't stop till who knows when. But yeah. it just, till it lessens to a point that some repairs might be able to be made. Uh, I have read some reports where uh, they're going to do emergency temporary repairs, at least maybe on one highway. Hopefully the Coquihalla is the one that I think might be open first. Um, but right now, it's anybody's guess. Yeah, sure. Do you have a plan to to get any of your guys back <clears throat> into town, or are they going to sit there and wait there until they can get through? Right now, the decision is being made by the people that own the product. They're in a meeting as we speak okay. uh, to ascertain what the best course action would be. Sure. Uh, we would like to, of course, stage the product as close uh, to the West Coast as we could, but we need cold storage facilities, and those away from the major centers are few and far between. We are trying to find a place to leave it so that when the highway does open, we could have multiple loads through there very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, they would have to be staged. Yeah. Uh, I would say before the end of the day today, a decision will be made what we're going to do. We might pull them back as far as Calgary and unload them there. That's a possibility. Of course, that's that's nine hours in the wrong direction. Sure. But that's a choice that'll have to be made today. That was Tim Plett, the owner of Plett Trucking, based in Landmark, Manitoba, chatting with Golden West Kenton Dick. Roquette held a virtual grand opening yesterday for its new pea protein facility near Portage Prairie, Manitoba. Here's Roquette CEO, Pierre Couderou. You know, today... 
it is, it's a, it's a great feeling for us. It's, uh, it's, it's been a long journey. It's not necessarily been uh, easy all the way, but I'm uh, so proud uh, when, when I look at the achievement of the Rocket team and, and, uh, I want to take the occasion to to really thank them for what, all what they've achieved. You know, having uh, COVID thrown into uh, this type of major endeavor wasn't easy, and they've been uh, magnificent. So thank you to the whole team. Uh, the second point I, I wanted to make is uh, certainly, you know, it's a huge event for Rocket. It really positions us as a true leader in this uh, plant protein market. Now that we're present on the, on both sides of the ocean, uh, thanks to our uh, our willingness to invest, uh, our, our our willingness to be always innovative, and uh, I think it absolutely positions us in a in a fantastic position uh, to to continue the partnering that uh, that we've been establishing with our customers, and now being closer to our customers on, on the other side of the ocean is going to make I, I believe a, a true difference. So feeling really excited. Uh, it's been a long journey, a, a difficult one from time to time, but now we really look forward to, to this future. And uh, this is going to be a fantastic tool for Rocket to continue building this, uh, this future with our customers and partners. That was Roquette CEO Pierre Couderou speaking yesterday during the virtual grand opening for the new Portage Pea Protein Facility. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Advancing Women in Agriculture Conference is planned to be held virtually November 22nd and 23rd, and the Association of Manitoba Municipalities is holding its fall convention November 22nd to the 24th. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Thursday afternoon, farmers are looking back on a tough season. I got a year-end wrapper from Jack Frace, who farms in the Rheinfeld-Winkler area. The crop is uh, very poor, but uh, prices are good, which helps compensate somewhat. We uh, did manage to get some uh, rainfall in fall to help replenish some of the uh, topsoil and maybe a little bit of subsoil, which is a very good feeling going into the, the next crop year. We did manage to get uh, a lot of the fertilizer put in, and then again, uh, the input costs have really risen, but uh, that's, uh, I guess, something you'll have to get used to in this uh, time and age we're living in. And uh, you guys do corn there? Yes, we yep. do. Uh, we did uh, harvest all our corn. Uh, we, we had... Uh, uh, we were in an extreme drought area, and uh, so the corn never really dried down properly for us or matured the way we would like to. We would have thought, you know, you're planting corn and uh, at the end of April, and by the uh, by October it should be dry or getting close to. But a lot of our stuff, uh, a lot of our corn came off at uh, twenty, probably twenty-eight percent moisture. So we had uh, the dryer going. Any uh, thoughts on any of the other crops, or? Well. It, uh, the canola uh, probably fared better than some of our other crops did, but uh, for us, our, our pulse crops uh, just didn't didn't come around at all, and uh, they were probably in the area that we had the most uh, deficiency in uh, in moisture or rainfall as well. So they they did not perform well, but uh, all in all, we're moving ahead for next year. And you mentioned fertilizer. Um, did you guys do tillage on most of your fields, or? Just for, for the fertilizer application, we actually hadn't done any tillage until we did get some of the rainfall, and uh, then uh, we started uh, putting in uh, the fertilizer, and we do that with our with our deep tiller, so that uh, that uh, uh, disturbs the soil, which we weren't uh, 
really excited to do, but uh, you have to get the fertilizer in somehow, and that's how we generally do it. And I guess just heading into next year, how important will it be to, to get some good snow here? Well, it'll be, it's very important to get the, any, any moisture that we can possibly get. Uh, it would have been nice to, to uh, have freezing temperatures uh, to seal the, the ground before freeze up, but uh, there isn't a whole lot of frost that, uh, that went into the, into the soil, so we'll have to see where that all goes. That was Jack Fraze, a farmer in the Rheinfeld-Winkler area, looking back on the past year. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. On Wednesday, Roquette held a virtual grand opening celebration for its pea protein facility near Portage. Managing Director Dominique Bauman helped build and lead the team that made the plant a reality and notes there were many challenges they faced. But the main challenge was COVID. We were really close of, you know, shutting down the project. And because we have operations in China, we have operations in Europe, we were able to anticipate what, what, is going to, what was going to happen here in Canada. So we're always a, a step ahead, and the team did a very good job to, uh, to adjust. We did not lose any day of work on site due to COVID. Bauman explained the current plant is using 60 acres out of the 200 that they have available, and they'll be expanding for future production. He adds their goal of hiring 120 employees is almost reached. Kim Cornish and the crew at Food Water Wellness Foundation in Alberta are finding interesting results measuring soil carbon and many other biological indicators. Kim was a speaker this week at MFGA's Regenerative Egg Conference in Brandon. We have been working on a method for measuring and mapping soil carbon sequestration. It's an exciting project given that a lot of producers that are starting to employ regenerative agricultural practices are seeing shifts in their soil carbon and they're seeing their organic matter increase. And so they're able to take atmospheric CO2, which is obviously an issue, and put it in their soil where it's helpful. And we're looking at a system that hopefully can also get producers paid for that kind of work that they're doing. Assiniboine Community College's Prairie Innovation Centre for Sustainable Agriculture has received $100,000 from the Manitoba Crop Alliance. Derek Turner, Director of Advancement and External Relations with ACC, talked about the project. It's an exciting project, exciting not only for Assiniboine, but for the whole region of of Manitoba. So the the expansion in in agriculture is probably unprecedented. So we've already seen that there's existing labour gaps out there, they're predicting one in five jobs by 2023 will go unfilled if we don't get more people into this industry. And then you put on top of that some of the new businesses that have come to our province, like a Roquette, Merit Functional Foods. There's even going to be more demand and opportunity for this type of training. And the first five inductees have been announced for the Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association Wall of Fame. They include Ken Gross with Ducks Unlimited, producers Ryan Boyd and Dave Kozlowski, and government representatives Pan Iwin Chishko and Fraser Stewart. The Wall of Fame celebrates exemplary contributions of persons who went above and beyond in supporting the province's livestock sector. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll have more details on the flooding in BC. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can meet us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.